0: Welcome to the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, where we can chat about everything under the sun. I'm your host, Conrad. And I'm your other host, Gee. Guy. Guy,
1: it's great to be back on air with you. How's life been treating you? It's been good, Conrad. Just trying to keep up with everything. You know how it is. How about you?
0: Yeah, it's been busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So what do you want to chat about today?
1: Well, I've been thinking a lot about the future lately. Have you heard about the new developments in AI and robotics? Oh, yes, it's amazing what's
0: being done in those fields. It's exciting to think about all the possibilities, but it's also a bit
1: scary. Definitely. But you know what they say the only constant in life is change. We might as well embrace it. That's a great point,
0: Guy. And on that note, let's dive into our discussion for today. We'll be talking about the future of AI and how it's going to impact our lives.
1: Exciting stuff! Let's get
0: started. Wow, gee, that sounds like it was written by an eighth grader.
1: Well, it was not written by. Well, I don't know what grade. I feel like Chad Garantiu is not passed. an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be low for an eighth grader. That was like maybe first grade. But that was written by our good friends at (laughs) ChatGPT with the prompt, write me a banter section for a podcast with two hosts. Casual banter no longer than three minutes. All right. And now we have take two on our intro,
0: also brought to you by AI. Guy, take it away.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, put down your briefs and pick up your microphones because we're about to embark on a journey into the wild, wacky, and often bewildering world of legal marketing. That's right, folks. This podcast is all about turning those stuffy law firms into marketing powerhouses. And what could be more entertaining than that? So sit back Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to laugh as we navigate the labyrinth of branding, social media, and SEO for lawyers. I think we just lost half of our audience, dude. <laughs> this chat GPT thing is really we don't even need to be here anymore <laughs> we're done <laughs> solved Lunch hour legal marketing solved by chat GPT,
0: although it did use the word labyrinth, which I thought might be above the uh the vocabulary grade of of the writers over at ChatGPT.
1: I like how SEO got in there and that was not part of the prompt. Well,
0: the interesting thing, so for for you guys who
1: are listening, who are still
0: listening if we haven't made you vomit due to the kind of just banal banter that we we, we was put together. We did not put in anything about SEO. We did not put anything about AI or robotics. That all came from the
1: algorithms over at ChatGPT. So fascinating. It's what's on ChatGPT's mind. But what's on our mind today, Conrad? All right. As usual, we're going to cover
0: the news. Interesting news coming out. We're going to do a little a little, little work on ChatGPT. It hasn't gone away out of our section. But we're going to talk about the news. We are going to answer the listener question. Has compelling, useful content really died in the legal sphere? And finally, this is a really good tactical one. We're going to go into... Which marketing channels give you the most bang for the buck? So we're going to be talking about the immediacy of different marketing channels, the cost of different marketing channels, and why the portfolio theory really should apply to your marketing mix. But before we do that, I want to hear some music.
1: Please create a catchy theme song involving money for our podcast. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing,
0: teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your
2: legal practice here on Legal Talk Network.
0: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. This is the real Conrad and not artificial intelligence Conrad and We are back with another exciting show for you today. But first, let's do the news. Guy, you just recently appeared on New Solo with our good friend Adriana Linares. That was great.
1: Good, I listen. did. Thanks, Adriana. We talked Google Business Profiles. Go check out the episode.
0: We will put that in the show notes. It's super tactical. It is, uh, I believe it is top 10 tips on
1: GMB, right? Yeah, we really focused on you know for folks that are just getting started with it what are some things you you've got to do so go check out that new solo episode okay it's good stuff i heard that everyone's using chat gpt
0: google we talked about this last time but google has really done a kind of a 180 on their perspective of chat gpt and it's it's really happen- so sort of of artificial intelligence generated content as it pertains to seo
1: geek can you give a quick overview of that sure. Google said, don't do it. We're going to try to fight this artificial content. And then they said, gosh, everybody seems to be doing it. Bing's doing it. Bing's already on to chat GPT4. So maybe we should reconsider our position. So they kind of reversed course completely. And in fact, I just saw reported on The Verge that they are testing a new Google homepage that includes ChatGPT like prompts, We can't get away from this chat GPT thing. It is eating the internet. Who do you trust? I don't even know what's real and not real anymore. Uh, Yeah,
0: this may not actually be Guy and Conrad. We may just be uh, two computers talking to each other. Interestingly, Guy, Danny Sullivan, the two mouthpieces at Google who do talk to the SEO community, Danny Sullivan and John Muller, came out with statements in January about AI-generated content. I'm going to read Danny's, and then the the surprise really came from John. But uh, Danny said, Our spam policies also address spammy, automatically-generated content, where we will take action if content is generated through automated processes without regard for quality or user experience. So I read that. The contrapositive of that tells me, Guy, that if you do have
1: regard for quality and user experience... It's okay, right? Are you reading that? So what you here's the here's the biggest tip, the biggest lunch hour legal marketing secret of all time. This is what you wow. Do. You go to ChatGPT and you say, ChatGPT, please write me an article about being a personal injury lawyer, but please regard quality and user experience. Ready, set, go. Done. Now we can publish all that stuff, right? Yeah, and you know, again danny john great people appreciate all the work they do trying to keep us updated go read the actual developer documentation see what they say and then ask yourself hmm what do you really think is going to happen here especially with google probably soon launching their own some kind of version of this just be careful folks you know you all the the marketing expert people are saying all sorts of crazy stuff because that's how they get paid to come in and consult. Uh, I can tell you if you search for uh, ChatGPT wow. for legal
0: marketing... Wow. What a plug here. Go ahead. I know where you're going with yeah.
1: this. Yeah. Well, uh, so just for the haters out there, I wrote a post <laughs> about ChatGPT for legal marketing, but guess what? I didn't write it. ChatGPT did. And I disclosed on the top of the post that ChatGPT wrote this post. And guess what? As of the time, at least last time I checked... Ranks number one for ChatGPT for legal marketing, completely written by ChatGPT. Take it, leave it. I don't <laughs> know. Be careful and uh, look. Inspiration, seed text, stuff like that. There's also research. There's all sorts of stuff you can use it for. But please, 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 please edit, edit, edit anything that you publish that starts with ChatGPT and run it through one of these. You know, there's now. And we'll put this in the links too. There's a um. There's all sorts of tools now for detecting how artificial your content is. And if you're flagging that, you're probably going to set off some flags at other machines. So that's another thing to keep in mind.
0: All right. Enough of ChatGPT. There's uh, two contests going on for best law firm websites right now, right, Key? What are those two? We'll plug those guys because it's uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Our friends at Lawyerist uh, and now also Affinity have got their 2023 best law firm website nominations hopefully the nominations are still open when this goes live so if you we'll put the link in there but just search for lawyers 2023 best law firm websites submit your website uh web devs that are listening to this or designers if you got awesome law firm websites you built send them over there they they do a nice job of kind of parsing through a lot of different law firm websites and issues and uh, always fun to win a prize great link building opportunity too okay
0: i believe To end up the news, this is the last call for Tech Show, right? We'd love to see you guys at Tech Show. Guy and I will be speaking together. I'm also speaking with Ruki Tijani on branding and positioning. And we would love to have you at Tech Show. If you want to chat with us, you can find us there. We'll be doing some recording for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. And uh, see you in the brisk
1: city of Chicago later on. It's going to be a blast. Let's take a break. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads, CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even
0: integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at forty-five bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com/lunchhour now and try it for free.
2: If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm, and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there. So, Guy, one of the questions and one of the things that we balance
0: regularly for our clients, and I'm, I'm assuming you do as well, is the marketing channel mix that they're dealing with. So this is going to be highly tactical, but it's understanding there's kind of two really key elements to each marketing channel. Number one is cost and effectiveness, right? And number two is time. And I think that time element is often missed. So what I would like to go through with you right now, and we'll get some some perhaps consensus on major marketing channels for legal and the digital space as it pertains to both expense and time. So we're gonna cover organic, just so I give you a heads up, organic, local, local SEO, LSA's pay-per-click, paid social, organic social, and your favorite and CallRail's most underperforming marketing channel, email. So Guy, can you talk to me quickly about expense and time frame for organic? And when I say organic, I, I mean what most people think of as SEO.
1: Yeah. So organic search, driving traffic and leads and fees from Google and other search engines that someone out there might be using. DuckDuckGo and bang, I guess. And cost, you know, could be free, right? Uh, Time is money, but you don't pay Google. So uh, realistically, you know, I'm going to give you the, first, let me give you the talking points, and then you can give me the counterpoints, right? The talking points on organic are this. It's free traffic. You don't pay Google, but it takes time right? Because you've got to publish content. You've got to do things to get your content in front of people that can actually like link to it and talk about it. Cause that's a factor. Uh, you got to fix technical issues with your website. So that can take some time in some context. So usually the high level talking points are free traffic and it takes a lot of time. Typical talking points. And if you can win that game, right? It, it actually can be very
0: valuable. Right. And and bluntly, I built my bones. I earned my bones in the legal marketing space learning SEO for for legal. I think the key here is it is in many cases, personal injury is an example, criminal defense is becoming more this way. So difficult that you shouldn't even bother. If you are a starting a personal injury practice in downtown Atlanta. I would not put SEO in the top 10 things you should be thinking about because it is going to take so much time and money to actually get there that it's not going to work. Having said that, and you and I had an argument about this about a year ago on the podcast, there are frequently, frequently across my desk, I come across websites that have been done so poorly with such egregious failures, technical failures, that there can be quick fixes, right? I would say proprietary website platforms can be so bad that upgrading that platform in and of itself can actually have an immediate and persistent quick impact. But there are other really stupid things that people have done with the technology to shoot themselves in the foot, right? Can you give a listener an example of a particularly egregious error that is an easy fix that could then have a major impact?
1: Well, my favorite one is the no index, right? You got no index index. Protocol in your robots.txt file. Well, of course. Guess what? You can go from zero to some traffic uh, as soon as Google comes back and recrawls and indexes your site. Yep. Now, is that going to be gangbusters? I don't know. I, the other thing I wanted to respond to because I, you know, I'm generally with you. You know, from a prior, and we're going to talk about this in the context of like this idea of portfolio strategy. But like you say, you don't bother with SEO. I might say, look, be realistic about SEO. Plant your seeds, garden your site publish your content, but don't expect that if you're in a competitive space, in a competitive practice area, where there's a lot of other lawyers trying to compete for the same queries that have been doing it a long time and are spending a lot of money, that you're going to be able to do that. But I don't know that's a reason not to. I mean, I'll say this. you know, This is the other stat that we always talk about. 15% of searches every day, brand new. If you can latch on to long-tail queries, you know, especially in some of these new emerging query universes it can still work. You know, are you going to rank for personal injury lawyer in Chicago? No, of course not. But guess what? Good news is 15% of the searches have never been done before. So do your market research, understand your audience. What are people, however you serve clients, what are they talking about? What are they typing into Google? Go try to publish stuff on that.
0: I do think, sorry, we're going too deep on SEO here, but I I do think this is very practice area dependent. I spoke this morning to a gentleman. He's an IP lawyer in Seattle. There's not that many of them right? Go play in that game. Okay. So like, let's have an SEO strategy for you. starting very rudimentary level, but personal injury, criminal defense, family, increasingly family, super hard games to play.
1: Here's one. How about copyright infringement from chat GPT content? There you go.
0: Just throw chat GPT (laughs) in front of all of your title tags. All right, moving on. Local. Can you give me a feeling of expense
1: and time to success? So let's start with talking points and just make sure we're all level setting what we're talking about here. So local, there's really there's two ways to think about local. First, local is local pack, right? Uh, three pack with the map currently, um, but there are also localized traditional results. I guess I won't get too deep on the localized traditional, but I think it's at least worth noting that. But to the point that we just made about traditional, you know, look if you're in an area where people actually search at the neighborhood level for lawyers like you or for answers to their questions. That might be a lot less competitive, right? So instead of competing in Chicago, you're competing in Park Ridge or Oak Park or another burb. Like maybe you can, but really, what we mean is local SEO. We're thinking local pack, and you know, can be the same problem. Super competitive. You don't pay Google for it. A lot of overlap with traditional SEO factors. Obviously, the the difference there is they focus on the the three big ones they publish: relevance, distance, prominence. Prominence is where you make your money. You can't really impact too much uh, on your distance unless you're opening offices or moving. Uh, and a lot of that's traditional SEO factors and stuff you're doing with your Google business profile, keeping it up to date, publishing on it, publishing posts, categorization stuff. Darren Shaw at Whitespark has been doing a lot of great videos on LinkedIn about Google business profile stuff. Uh, it'd be really entertaining too if you follow Darren. I say check that out. But the same point, super competitive and maybe more likely to happen overnight, especially if you. Change your firm name to keyword firm name officially. I but thought you were going somewhere issues. else with that.
0: I, I, think, I think the key with local is that the time to success for me is heavily focused on the proximity. Like you can have an unfair advantage just by the location of your office, right? Totally. Or you can be screwed by the location of your office. And so... If you're in a building with other, other law firms that do the same thing, you have no chance. If you are the only person in those suburbs that's doing family law, and that's where your office is, like you actually have an unfair advantage. So you can start to see um, success, and it's all based on how proximal you are to people who are looking for what you do and how proximal everyone else is to you, right? And so right. I think it, it, it's, it's that is the key factor. All right, moving a little bit more quickly. Local service ads, expense, And time to
1: success key. I got a good answer on this. If you can get your local services ads to spend, they'll be up and running. uh, Well, first of all, you have to go through the validation process. That can take some time. Yeah. But once once that's done, you're up and running fast. If you get them to spend fast, very fast. And cost uh, relative, I would say relative to pay-per-click, we're going to talk about more affordable at the per lead level basis. I'll leave it at that. Okay. What do you I got?
0: I agree. I think the the biggest problem with this is gee couched his answer with with if. If you can get these things running, it happens immediately. Our ability to impact what shows up in LSAs is slim to none and it is like if you are de- we're going to talk about portfolio theory. If you are dependent on LSAs that can go away tomorrow and you will have no recourse, no way to change things you will have it's it's like it's like a car being driven by a blind man on a freeway the wrong direction. It is so difficult to be deliberate and predictive with what's happening with LSAs. So it can be tomorrow. It, it could be two years from now. I have no idea. I'll
1: give you two tactics to play around with. One, play around with your budget. I'm going to give you three, actually. Two, play around with your uh, the geo where you're actually going to uh, run your LSAs. And three, make sure that you are actively engaged with booking appointments in the LSA platform. Again, no guarantees, but budget, location, and mark those appointments booked quickly. And I think that's your best. That's the best you can do.
0: But it's still awful. I I it's hate LSA awful. campaigns. It's, it's
1: still awful. Uh, we, it's, but they're right up there at the top, and you got your top. reviews there. If you're there, you're 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 there open twenty four hours, and you're only paying per lead, I mean, sounds like. Magic. All right. Next. Pay-per-click, Guy. Cost. Time. Very fast. We might be able to get you up and running same day. And boy, is it expensive. Everyone's playing the game. Totally agree. And your success is going
0: to be based on how well you convert clients, which is based on two things.
1: Do you have a great intake process? And are you really unpicky (laughs) with your clients? That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one is, are you volume? Are you going to take on anybody who's got some kind of claim relevant to your practice? Because, you know, again, we we see this in the Facebook groups all the time. Oh, my cost for acquisition on pay-per-click is really high. But we turn down 99% of the clients that come in. Well, of course, it drives up the cost. All right. Next, paid social time and expense uh, expense a lot lower than other paid channels i'm going to go time because i'm not big on the direct response for paid social so i'm going to couch this in terms of demand gen what do you mean by a direct response key? this is really important so i'm not i'm not so when we talk pay-per-click in lsa is we're thinking search see the ad click call hire, right direct response for paid social you can you can have the same strategy you can do a direct response or a lead generation strategy with paid social it's certainly less effective than search it's going to it's more like trying to do direct response with like tv but the real magic of paid social is demand generation right so go back and listen to all of our uh, conversations about dark social and branding and demand generation the issue, though, in this context of this conversation is demand generation takes time. You know, you're going to, have to they got to see those ads, those paid social ads over and over and over and over so that they're like, oh, yeah, so and so does that thing that I need when they need them.
0: I agree with almost everything you said, with the exception of cost effectiveness. I think it depends on the channel. It depends on the the the, the social network that you're working on. Yeah. LinkedIn is insanely expensive. Some of the others um, with as much less targeting available are, are much more affordable. LinkedIn is bananas. And I think the, the key with paid social here is, well, let, actually, we're going to come back to this. Answer the question for organic social, okay? Organic social, time and money. So free.
1: Um except for your time, right? I was, Yeah. I hate, I can't stand when people say free because time is money, but we're going to call it free for the talking points. Okay. And same thing takes a long time right now. Now, maybe not. Uh, maybe if you are super popular and a lot of people, you got a lot of friends who are active, um, and they're sharing your, you know, i I know some lawyers who post, you know, they do the, the affinity stuff where they're in these groups, they're posting like, you know, we've talked about Ken and the, and the food stuff and, That kind of stuff, you know, maybe it's a shorter period of time, but it's still top of mind awareness demand generation. It's not as fast as direct response. So still longer on the spectrum.
0: Yeah, I think I think the the time on organic social is actually in years because it might be um,
1: decades if you have no reach.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you're starting out with no reach, like the big part of this is you can post as much as you want, but you don't, <laughs> you're posting to yourself. You're watching Not yourself. everybody
1: sees everything you post. And that's, that's uh, right. you know, it's funny. Lawyers don't realize that. They think everybody right. that's connected to sees everything. It's like, no, they yeah. don't. They see a fraction. No, not
0: even close. So there, yeah. there is importance and time taken in building a, not just a numbers, and this is where I get annoyed with this stuff, not just the number of followers. Cause I can go buy you 10,000 followers tomorrow for $50, right? It is the engagement with those followers, which is what actually impacts your reach. And that does take time.
1: And my tactical there is focus on groups, focus on lawyer to lawyer referral groups, focus on affinity groups that you're interested in. That's if you're going to spend organic time on social, do it in those groups.
0: And I would say really work on the key influencers there, right? This is where the whole key influencer approach is really, really important. You build a relationship with someone who has, an, who has that reach that becomes part of your reach. Okay, the last one, your favorite, lawyer's favorite to hate, is email. Time? This is going to be an interesting conversation. Time and expense for email, Guy. So again, free. Free? And I'm, I'm going
1: to... Yeah. Host email hosting. Well, email's like <laughs> constant contact. Email software, or maybe? Yeah, yeah maybe right. some software. Your okay, CRM CRM not system. free. No, okay, fair. You're, but very, are, very per unit, insanely. Yeah, if you're using deep. HubSpot. No, just kidding. Um... <laughs> Wow. Well, yes, the the soft. There might be some software costs for sure, okay. but still, Mailchimp. I mean, not talking about it's not breaking the bank like these other ones sure. are, and then it's just <laughs> the time you're putting into actually creating the campaigns and that. But time, same problem, right? So big problem. You don't have anybody in your contact list. You got to grow your contact list. That can take forever, right? Um, yeah. Now. If you've been practicing for 30 years and you've got a bunch of contacts that want to get messaging from you, maybe it can be faster, but still, it's not direct response here. It's more nurturing. Hey, happy new year, happy birthday, top of minds, learn something new, share a book review, what's been going on, that kind of stuff. That takes time because again, most legal services are in the, I need a lawyer when I need a lawyer, not... You know, a constant state of searching for a lawyer. So it's like you gotta be on it's a way to stay on their mind when they're actually looking. Totally agree. Totally agree. But with all this stuff, I think we we alluded to this at the top of the conversation. The best tip that we really can give is to have a portfolio strategy with this stuff. Don't put all your eggs in a single channel basket, diversify your marketing, and guess what? Your marketing works best when it's integrated because legal services consumers, they're consuming your messaging across channels. So, you know, prioritize things, plant some seeds in SEO, but don't just go all in on SEO. Don't go all in on paid search and put together, hire someone like Conrad to put together an integrated attribution system so that you can actually see how people are moving through that journey.
0: Yeah, I think this is really, really important. I think the portfolio theory is amazingly important. We we saw problems with this with LSAs. We We had clients who were killing it as early adopters of LSAs, and then they disappeared, and they're like, I've just hired all of this staff, and I'm screwed. Right. Well, now we're going to go play the pay-per-click games where your cost per client is 4X what we were paying last week with LSAs. The other thing with portfolio theory, this is really important: is some of, and the reason I, I couched these questions to you initially, Guy, is some of these channels are now and some of them are tomorrow or next year. Right. And so having both of those elements working where you are driving business now, but you're also actively today working on tomorrow, that's just healthy business. Right? Coke doesn't run their advertising. So you're going to walk outside and go to a 7 Eleven and buy a Coke. They want you to know that you're going to buy Coke for the next 20 years. Right. And so it's really important to both think about today, but also plan for tomorrow because some of these channels are really, really fundamentally different. And, And bluntly, if you have been doing this, if you are running the really effective organic channels that take time, like Organic Social, for example, you can choose to walk away from pay-per-click because you can always turn it back on, but you can't flip it the other way where you desperately need the clients, but you don't have the money to pay the pay-per-click budgets because you weren't doing the things you needed to do last year. When we come back, we're going to answer an amazing question about why SEO content is so vapid and our dear Questioner asks us, can Guy and Conrad lead us to the promised land away from awful, generic, keyword-stuffed content that seems to be winning the SEO games in legal?
1: And we're back. And as Conrad mentioned, we are so grateful for this listener question. I'm going to paraphrase some of it to try to hit the high notes and just to be respectful of time. Hi, Guy and Conrad. Listen to your podcast since accepting a role with a top law firm. Thank you. Burning question. Here we go. Great deal of experience with SEO, web development, publishing. However, my experience comes from non-legal and mostly B2B industries, predominantly tech and startups. Moved to the insanely competitive legal space, fired most of the agencies that were working for the firm, hired several new agencies. Completely mystified when I began to understand that media, creative, digital PR that work in this space And by and large, are taking advantage of attorneys who haven't a clue about business, much less marketing. Wow. I'm sorry. Welcome to (laughs) our world.
0: Sometimes I feel like I need a shower at the end of the day, right? Like, yes, I'm sorry. This is your experience. And I mean, really, there is so much garbage in legal that the rest of the marketing world looks at us and they get to peek
1: behind the curtain. And boy, do they not like what they see. I hired an agency that specializes in legal SEO and PPC, though I only hired them for the former, so that's SEO. Quickly learned the value of unique and useful content in the legal SEO game, which is to say there simply is no value. It seems to all be written for Google. Now, I understand that. I get that's SEO, and I also get that one needs to understand how to write content that's properly optimized. However, I do not think there's a solitary page on the website I've been working on with this agency for over a year now, That is composed of original, interesting, or even concise content. It's pages upon pages upon pages of keyword-rich content. I could go on for hundreds of examples of how this project has played out with the agency. I've taken it upon myself to edit many of the bad pages, replace all the cheap stock photos. (laughs) Well, we don't want to put the uh, NC-17. She said
0: shitty pages. (laughs)
1: with original or semi-decent stock photos, and I've refused to publish content that even a prospective client wouldn't care to read. Great point, and keep fighting the good fight. So I'll provide you with the most recent examples of what uh, I've had and see what you have to say. Yesterday, they sent me two blogs and two press releases, in quotation marks, to approve. I read the press releases and once again found myself dismayed at the clear Google content, no newsworthiness, No timely tips, just the same old legal stuff you see on every law firm website. I asked if we could, at the very least, add some timely stats or data to the release. I asked if we could do some actual case studies uh, (laughs) to make it relevant or even slightly less nauseating, slightly less nauseatingly sterile. They said that these press releases, which do indeed get sent out on the wire and do get found and picked up, even when it says by Yahoo Business... Need to be optimized, and that would mess up the perfection of their SEO strategy. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm attaching two of the releases for your reading pleasure, your reading displeasure, uh, and I need to know, is this the way it must be to compete in the legal industry? Has compelling, relevant, useful content died here or years ago? Uh, And our listener, thank you again, and has uh, expressed she would prefer to remain anonymous. We feel your pain. This is why Conrad and I cry ourselves to sleep at night. Self-loathing marketer much? Conrad, what do you tell this dear listener? Well, so, I mean,
0: there's a couple things to unpack here. And I'm going to kind of jump on two of them. I think you would agree with me, Guy, that the really successful pages that have been written, successful from an SEO perspective, pages that have been written in legal really are uninspiring and have been uninspiring for a long time. The winners of SEO content have been uninspiring for a long time. I think that is fair to say. You agree?
1: I do. I I mean, my view of this is, and this, you know, Will Reynolds talked about this years ago. Lots of SEO people have talked about this. It's that pages rank that are terrible all the time. And, you know, to your point got danny and john out there telling everybody "Great, great we got the helpful content update we got all these awesome updates that are focused on surfacing more awesome content go look in legal it's not happening these pay i mean i tell people all the time even some of these these practice area pages the home pages the content is absolutely awful i wish this should be a letter written to google i wish Google wouldn't do that. But you want to know what's happening? It doesn't matter what's on the page. It's the link profile. These, these sites that are ranking for these competitive queries, they've got tons of backlinks. They're bigger sites, so they've got a lot of internal links. And you know, as A.J. Cohn would say, the best Google is a blind five-year-old. So Google is able to connect the dots and say things like, okay, this page is about personal injury lawyer, and it's got 10,000 backlinks from all of these relevant sites. Throw it into the results. That's what's going on here.
0: I think this is also exacerbated by the fact that this is one engine. Like, we don't have a penelope of different ways to search for content. We have one algorithm. We're all playing the same game. And that's why the results all look the same. Because, But look at
1: Yandex. Yandex, Yandex they just leaked their code. Guess what they use? Links. They're all using links.
0: So... It, link, links as a component, but like actually on the valuation of the content, like we're all looking at this through the, the same algorithm. And so that's why this stuff that, like, you look at this day in, day out. I see it's the same thing over and over again. I want to unpack another piece here, though. This, this is there's a second subtext to your question, and this was around press releases and two blogs. So I want to pick on the press releases first. I'm going to read this again because it's important. They said that these press releases, which do indeed get sent out on the wire and do get found and picked up, even if it's by Yahoo Business, need to be optimized, and that would mess up the perfection of that. What the fuck are you optimizing in a press release? I'm serious. Like Google knows these are syndicated stuff if there was a link value in press releases, the press release companies would be raking in money, right? There's no content. If their press releases are generating a story and you're getting coverage and links and goodwill from that, like, great. But like, press releases? Are you kidding? The other part of this that drives me just up the wall, gee, we're talking about two press releases and two blogs in a week. It feels like this very, very nice lady is in an engagement with a agency that suggests that you just need to keep publishing on the regular. How well does
1: that work? Guy? Terribly. Uh, in fact, I'm hoping our listener listens to this and then emails you and cc's <laughs> her agency and be like, "Here's a link to the episode. Talk to Conrad about this." Um, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's and, what I and need. Again, <laughs> and again, dear listener, let me tell you. You are on it. You are right. Focus on newsworthiness. Focus on original reporting. Focus on stats and data, Be- and not because that content is going to like magically Google think this is the best content sl- sliced bread. But guess who will think it is? People who are ready, willing, and able to link to it: journalists, bloggers, maybe people that cover these types of issues in the local community. Maybe you write something, and a uh, a local school invites the attorneys to speak or invite someone to take on a leadership position and those pages have links that's the point right and let's also face another thing in local pack it's predominantly going to be home pages you know look some of these yeah. firms big firms with multiple office locations might have internal pages set up on their gbp profiles it's your home page so the content on your home page is not driving your rankings for local pack it's the links. It's the third-party validators. It's the dis- mostly it's the distance in your business name field. But to our listener, you're doing the right stuff. Focus on the newsworthiness. Focus on newsjacking. Um, you know, I was thinking of an example we did a long time ago. A couple come to mind, but we did a scholarship for a lawyer that was like, "We're going to give you a scholarship not to go to law school." I remember um, we this. Did, we did we did a bike accident map so people could self-report all of their bike accidents, and the news picked it up firms do um you know dangerous intersection content people actually care about that stuff right oh i going avoid that intersection or complain to my state representative check this out it gets picked up by the local news that kind of stuff you're on it keep doing that stuff this press release for link thing this should have died what it 20 died years ago over a decade ago i don't At even know decade.
0: if it ever was a thing because it was it was by definition syndicated content that is super super easy to pick up And so that drives me up the wall. But what Guy's saying, like doing the press releases around as as a small component of a publicity event that you are also supporting through human outreach, through social outreach, that you are trying to get that recognition and the links back and the coverage of what you are doing, like the don't go to law school, the scholarship not to go. Great. Creative, out of the box links that will win the day. And you know what? Your content for SEO may be nauseatingly boring, but focus your creativity on driving the authority. Because frankly, I, I said this the other day to a closed group, I'll say it here. We don't know where... I hate to close the episode with ChatGPT, but it's been a long time since your technology platform was a was a... Unassailable competitive advantage in the SEO wars. Everyone's on WordPress, everyone has reasonably well coded sites. That is no longer a competitive advantage. That used to be like amazing. Chat GPT launches. If you think Google is going to be able to identify artificially generated content for the rest of time, like maybe you avoid this, but like it's enabled people to generate a whole bunch of content really quickly. So your content profile, the second leg of that SEO stool, if you have amazing lots of content, That's no longer a competitive advantage. The final remaining example, the final remaining leg of this stool where you can kill it on SEO is those links. And that's why you've been hearing links from Guy and Conrad from as long as I started talking on this podcast, right? And so put your creativity and effort towards that instead of press releases. That drives me up the wall.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I would say, and this is more in the local context, and I know we're coming coming to the end because just like we talked about before, I don't wanna to try to overhype the link thing. You still gotta get reviews. You've gotta be able to, you know, just ranking, you know, everybody's so focused on ranking. If you don't have something that motivates the searcher to actually click and call and hire you, it doesn't matter what your rankings are. You know, if you're in, if you're in the local pack and your office is closed when they're searching and the competitor's <laughs> office is open, if you list the wrong category, and so they're searching for personal injury lawyer, and you've got divorce lawyer in your Google Business profile, if your competitors got a thousand reviews and you've got two, deprioritize that in your portfolio because you got to build those assets up before your rankings not going to matter. This is the thing: these people that are selling rankings alone, you're not thinking about conversion, you're not thinking about potential client experience. What are you putting on your page or on your listings or on your profile? that's going to make them say oh wait a second this person actually is the best lawyer for me it's not going to be keyword rich press release it's not right. going to be your practice area page you know it's not going to be your practice area page outlining personal injury law in your state right and and again I'm not saying don't do any of this stuff but you know portfolio these are your long shot Hail Mary longer term type of things those are not where to put 80% of your eggs. I've been talking a lot about eggs and baskets today on my mind, I guess. We Love need a
0: new eggs. metaphor. Or maybe we should have breakfast together next time.
1: Yeah. But sincerely, thank you for this. I think it was not only cathartic for Conrad and I, but also really, really valuable, I think, for other listeners. Because I know we know a lot of marketing directors. We know a lot of other lawyers. They're dealing with this exact same issue. We've ranted a lot today. This has been, been rant-filled. Rant-filled, thank you. Thank you, uh, listener. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, If you just landed on this episode, please do subscribe so you can hear future rants from Conrad and Guy on your favorite podcast thing. And check us out on YouTube. We think we are hilarious and we put short videos there of us being hilarious. But hopefully you do find some tips, some tricks, and do subscribe there as well. Until next time, Conrad and Guy for this amazing lunch hour legal marketing GPT powered podcast. A, a,
0: Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more
2: information about what you heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS.
1: Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
0: That was really good. I'm going to say it again.
1: Our best episode yet. We get better every time I've heard. Someone wrote that on LinkedIn.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at legaltalknetwork.com. We'll see you there.